Our Father who art in heaven, you gave poetry as my gift, so thine will be done from my tongue, on paper, as it is on the mic. And lead me not into vulgarity. Please deliver me from self-gratifying lines. You own my stanzas, my metaphors, and hyperboles. Allow me to spit with the power of Samson and to deliver with the tenacity of the woman at your hymn. I'm a conduit. I pray your words to saturate souls. For thine is my pen, my iPad, and my notebook, both now and forever. Amen. You are listening to Ink and Past Podcast, Poetry for the People. I love you. Thanks, Mom. When you have the support of your family, it is a true and utter blessing. This is Kaya Tana. You have tuned in to episode two of Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. My special guest that I have today, an amazing young lady. We have gone through a whole lot together. She is my little sister, a woman who I have enjoyed watching in her development towards poetic greatness. So let's take a listen. This is Paula Sordor. And you're listening to Ink and Pad, Poetry for the People on RML Radio, where real music lives. Listen and be inspired. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today our special guest is none other than my homegirl, my little sister in Christ. She has a BA in Business Administration from Trinity Washington University, a Master of Fine Arts and Creative Writing, specializing in poetry from Antioch University of Los Angeles, my alma mater. And she is a cell development rep by day and poet by night. People, welcome Miss Gabrielle Parker. How you doing? Thank you for coming all this way, baby. I'm excited. I appreciate you. It's a Monday. We off work, so. Listen, I bless God for President's Day. I bless God for it. (laughs) And in the midst, we have baby Ezra, who will be giving us the background to our interview. Hi, Sugarfoot. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) thank you for coming to Ink and Pad. Poetry for the people. So I want to start off. I'm still in a still in a line from Brown Sugar, mm, and my me. first question for you is: What made you fall in love with poetry? You know, God gave me poetry. Okay. I remember I had to be in like sixth grade mm-hmm. when I really got introduced to, to poetry and hearing like Langston Hughes, mm. and like some of the older poets, and I was going through a lot. And mm-hmm. I found poetry, well, God gave me poetry at the right time. I was okay. going through a lot of things in my home life. So mm-hmm. it's just like he gave me an outlet to be able to explore and just get out creativity that I never knew I had. Do you remember your first poem? Like, no. what made you write it or at least the inspiration behind it? I had a homegirl in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And her name was Shayla Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, look, and she would write poetry and I would write poetry. So oh, wow. we go back and forth and write poetry and it was super dope because we were just coming up with things that we were just going through in our home life and it was like really deep it was it was a beautiful thing okay iron sharpens iron community poetry book i love it yeah that's dope that's kind of fly okay all right 
So, when was the first time you was on the mic? Now, you know I have stage fright. <laughs> but the first time on the mic was honestly um, when I had joined DOD back in the day. What's DOD for the people who don't know? The Descendants of David. Yes. Descendants of David Poetry Ministry Shout at Greater Zion Church Family. Yes. Okay, but no, uh, that was my first time really going on stage and saying poetry out loud. I'm just like okay. terrified. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, but I, I really love the page. I'm a page poet. That's okay. where I live. That's my lane because I'm not a spoken word artist. I feel like that's another lane. And I respect and people, that lane. People of God, there is a difference. Yes, page poetry is. versus stage poetry. A that's a whole nother bo- podcast. Yes. There is a difference. Continue, my but sister. Respect. <laughs> but, yeah, <so>. Respect. <laughs> Whichever one you do, but there's yeah, a difference. I will uh, read my poetry. Don't get me wrong. So I right, will right, do right. that. As people ask me to write poetry and, and read it out loud. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But again, I am not a spoken word artist. Okay. Okay. Another lane. Another lane. Give total respect to spoken word artists. But yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess when we get back in DOD, so I want to say, what was that? Uh, 2015? Okay. 2014. Yeah, 2014, 2015. Yeah, that's around about the time I started at Greater Zion. Yes. And you guys did the group piece that I wanted to be a part of so bad. But the group piece, and that was my first real performance. For real? That was my first performance. Oh, wow, I got to witness greatness. That was a dope poem. I wish we had that report. I know it's recorded somewhere. It has to be. Yeah, it is. It has to be. We just need to get through the archives. Yeah, but wherever they are. My first time performance, first performance. That was an awesome piece. I um, I remember coming into, I want to say my first official Sunday there. Um, you guys, it had to be fourth Sunday because you guys were going up, and I you, was terrified. <laughs> were you? I couldn't what? tell. And see, that's the beauty of being a stage poet. Nobody knows that you shaking in your boots, but you. I think we even had to outsource people because I don't. I didn't even remember my poem all the way up until like the day of, and I don't know what happened. I got on stage, blacked mm-hmm. out, but we said everything. Everything just went. Mm-hmm. What was our? Uh, it's like falling or something. I don't know. Danny had made it mm-hmm. just to say if you forgot your words, it was. It was like what was? It, it was like quivering voices or something like that. Right, 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 right. I just remember. I knew. I know it was. Do I want to say, I remember it was kind of like a power to the people type. Because I, re- I just remember at the end, Black Fist going, going up. going through. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I remember the piece. Mm-hmm. Not by heart. But I remember like what we were talking about. And through that time, I was like, having like suicidal thoughts. I was going through a lot. It was mm-hmm. just like, you're, but you're holding on to God. Mm-hmm. It was just like a battle. But just like with God, I was victorious. So mm-hmm. it, was, it had that type of feel to it. And we were just like, everyone had a, their own story and what they were going through. Got it. But we were like, was like, we're not even God. We got to find that piece. Yeah. Okay. I would love to yeah, find that piece. Was... Folks, if I could find it, I'll um, put it in this uh, episode. But um, yeah, that was that's what made me hype. I remember coming to the church and... You know, after the poetry slam, and I, I, I went back to my church the Sunday immediately after the slam. But I was like, because we had an event that I was a part of. But I was like, I don't want to just take the money and run. So let me go and visit. Yeah. You know, just to be like, hey, thank y'all, girl. I never left. <laughs> we ten years later, I never left. 
But I remember that was the first thing I saw at Greater Zion. And when I tell you I was stoked, typically if I go to a new church, I join the choir first. Yeah. At Greater Zion, I joined the poetry ministry first because I was like, yes, God. Because I believe God took me out of the poetry community because it was a lot of things that was going on that God didn't want for my life. You know, no mm-hmm. shade, no diss to everybody else. You know, what God wanted for me, he didn't want me in the mix. You know what I'm saying? As far as some things that were going on. However, he replaced it for me with the Sons of David Poetry Ministry. And I was still able to go forth in in the art form, but in his name. Ministering. You know what I'm saying? And it's literally like a... Like evangelizing through poetry, through an art form. So I bless God for it. And thank you guys so much for setting the tone at the time, you Mm -hmm. know, because I was so I've never saw a a poetry ministry in my life. And it's just like, I had been there for a year by then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just remember um, Michael Fisher. Yeah, Pastor Michael Fisher. You know, um, and he... I don't even think he, he meant to mention it, but he didn't have the same time. Like, Danny, your poetry ministry is about to grow. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Poetry ministry is like my ears. It's like a music to my ears, mm-hmm. which was crazy. Cause like I said, I've never really put my poetry out there mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I was writing poetry on and off. Like, it was like something for real, like something that God gave me. So it was like something that was like dear to my heart. Yeah. Never really shared it not for real, like, kind of dibbled into poetry, but not for real. So it's just, like, yeah. something that was new to me. So when you said the ministry, I was like, what? Poetry ministry? I'm yeah. for it. Because I was like, Lord, I want to serve. Yeah. But I know I don't know what to do yet. I just came back to Christ. I was just really digging God in our relationship. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. tea. <laughs> like, Listen. But I was really digging our relationship. <laughs> we human around these parts. Look. <laughs> I was digging our relationship, and I wanted to do something yeah, for God yeah. and serve in his house. And I heard the poetry ministry. I was like, bet. But who knew how hard it was going to be? Baby, listen. It was everything. That's how I knew poetry was really for me, because everything and, and everything tried to fight my words and what God was giving me to me and mm-hmm. how he healed me and how he connected me to him. And it was a fight with poetry and still with the stage and just getting my words out and across and it, it meant a lot to me to be yeah. to have to fight with and knowing that poetry is for me god gave it to me something that was natural that just flowed through me because i don't know how i come up with words god puts gives me words he gives me things to say and i write them down and it's my own way of communication question with everything you were going through what was your method for allowing yourself to be vulnerable to the process because poetry Especially spoken word, but poetry in and of itself is very vulnerable. Yeah, and that's if, why I say it's God. Like yeah. honestly, I do not know. I legit, I I open myself up every time I'm about to write. I'm like, okay, Lord, what are we about to say? And that, that's how I write. Mm-hmm. Or, or open up with everything. It doesn't have to even be a, a poem about the Lord. It could be love. It could be hate. It could be anything that I'm feeling right now. And I always say, okay, God. Let me get it out. It could be about the community. It could be about black men. It could be about anything. Mm-hmm. And I always ask God to let me, you know, whatever he's trying to say through me or whatever we're trying to get across, help me. And he gives me the words. I have no idea. He gives me the words. And it's always been a safe place for me. Like I said, he gave it me poetry when I was younger. 
So it's always been a place where I knew I could go and write. I was a child and I knew that I was multi-created. Mm-hmm. I've always had that sense because I never had a one career path. I was always, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a hairdresser. I want to be a, a I want to do all the things. All well, the things. All the things that were kind of creative. Yes, yes, a, a yes, creativity yes. to it. Because a doctor has a, a sense of creativity. A hairdresser yeah. has a sense of creativity. Yeah. A scientist has a sense of creativity. It's all these paths that the Lord has given to me, but they're all in creation. And yeah. I knew I was a creative from a young age, but it's just like I didn't know where my lane was. Now, see, for me, it's interesting hearing you say that. I didn't know I was a poet before I was a poet. I knew I was writing poetry. No, but... I didn't say I knew I was a poet. I said I knew I was a creative. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a difference, you know? Right. I, I wrote poetry to get out of trouble. That was my first poem. You know, my mother, I was in trouble for something. I was probably like 11 or 12, but 11. Yeah. <laughs> I was a preteen. And I remember I had gotten in trouble, and my mother was like, go to your room. I'll be up there in a second. In a black household, nine times a ten, that mean whooping. Okay? So I just started thinking, and I was like, she's not hearing me. I was a child of, I need to be heard. You know what I'm saying? And if I don't feel like you're hearing me, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to send up smoke signals. I'm going to draw a picture. Listen, had to the people in your mind. <laughs> I was the youngest of four girls. It was, they was hearing me, period. It didn't matter if I came up with a poem. Uh, I had to freestyle a dance, break down Michael Jackson, come up with a poem, my Angelou style. Like, and then they would be like, you know what? I'm going to hit you. Right. And, and then we're going to go about it. This particular situation, I wrote a poem. I don't remember the entire poem, but it was a rose of red, violets of blue type thing. But I got deep on the, at the end of it. You know, you're my beauty, my mom, you know, something yeah. I said. And she was she like, girl, she called me in the room. She's like, well, I ain't going to say my family name, but <laughs> she's yeah. like, come here. I was like, yes. You know, her and my grandmother was um, sitting on the bed, and she was like, this is really beautiful. This is nice. How'd you think of that? I was like, I don't know. It's just how I was feeling. And so after that, she was like, right. So she was like, just go on in your room and stay out of my way. I was like, okay. Amen. It got me out of the whoop, out of the whooping. Listen. <laughs> Tiptoeing like I'm in a Kojic church. Um, but it got me out of trouble that day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, me, that solidified words had power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so That's ever true. since then, For sure. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and actually try to write a poem. As if I hadn't done so already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still didn't consider myself a poet, though. Yeah. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that, oh, yeah. am I a whole artist? Am I? What this is? No, you know? God deems me. Mm-hmm. Um and he had ways to show me, too. So it was just like, that book that I wrote with the homegirl, mm. some kids threw that book away. Mm. I remember I was so hurt when I saw it in the garbage. I didn't grab it. I should have grabbed it at the garbage can. But oh. I was, you know, cried back in the day. Yeah. But then I was in high school. Mm. I had a homegirl. And she went out her way to remember my birthday. And she, like, bought me, like, a little gift for my birthday. But that was the first time a friend had ever got me anything for my birthday or just, like, you know, paid attention to me. Mm -hmm. And it touched me so that I wrote her a poem. Oh. Right. I was like, her birthday came up. I was like, you know what? 
I want to do something for you. I'm going to write her a poem. I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, that, like I said, that, that was just something that was And to poets, me. a poem is like the most personal gift we can give. Look, I gave mm-hmm. her the poem, not thinking, you know, anything great about myself. But just, I just, like I said, it was something that was just in me. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, wrote the poem, gave it to her. And then somehow my godmom had read it when I was, it was at, like, in my notebook. Because I, like, typed it up and I gave it to her and the, the original was in, on my copy. My homegirl called me, like, girl, thank you. Like, this was, like, deep. Like, I didn't even, she was like, you're, like, a good friend. I'm just like, okay, cool. But then my godmom had mm-hmm. called me, like, she was, like, near tears. Like, oh, my God, this is, like, really nice. I didn't know you were a poet. I'm just like. First off, we're supposed to read my stuff. Right. <laughs> and I, I didn't really, like, I kind of blew it off, but it was like God always had a way of, like, confirming. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I gave you words. Mm-hmm. Words are something that you need. Amen. Like, and, because I didn't really think highly of myself as a mm-hmm. child. I was, like I said, I went through a lot. So it was just like, he gave me poetry to say, like, you are talented. Because mm-hmm. no one was telling me that. And mm-hmm. I was, like, beat up a lot. I was, like, mm-hmm. targeted. So it was just like, I couldn't even spell. So imagine God telling me you're a poet. <laughs> How petty is that? You know, where you have to spell, where you have to use the language that you're your native you, language, and He gives you the spell. one thing that you quote unquote have a deficit in. You yes. know what I'm saying? But and still called me great because every time somebody would read my poetry, still called you great. I love that. It was just like they would be like, "Dang, like I didn't know you had this in you." And I'm just and to me, I still never thought anything great of it because like right. I said I still had such a lack of confidence in myself I didn't get a, a confidence in my writing until I met you amen yeah I met you and I was like remember I come up to you like I really like you uh can you read my poetry like I just like I remember you, that um, I remember that. <laughs> my, my sister right away I was just like I would just love to see you uh, a couple of my poems just to see like what you think about it uh-huh. and, you and I think I was fresh up. No, I was in my last semester yeah, of of school. Like of I would Antioch. never even went to Antioch or thought greater of my writing if it wasn't for you. Honestly, you were just like you are lit. I like this. I'm just like you. Like, your writing, nah, for me is an abstract. It's like yeah. it's like your leaps that Which you is take. All of my art, yeah, <laughs> yeah, art. completely, <laughs> y'all. She is a whole visual artist. <laughs> Canvas art is just as abstract as her writing, which is a perfect segue. Will you bless us with an original? <laughs> yeah, so since it's February, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day just passed, mm-hmm. and I'm not dating right now because I just had my son. Mm-hmm. Just taking some time for myself. So this is me trying to write a little poem. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, listen, that comes with challenges in and of itself. So it's called, it's entitled, Could It Be? It's electric, the love we share. Yellow heat springs from lips exposing unity. Our one mind. I die every day to love you. Without my thoughts, I learn. I write in blood your needs. I was whole before this union. A painting without masterpiece. Now we are the screen. Worldwide treasures entangled in pleasure and pain. Gunshot. Blast me with kisses. My skin quivers when I can't be next to you. Rain and thunder sing our praises. Growth forecasted. We are watermarked. Eternity is not love without tears. 
drown and awake in our destiny together. Beautiful. We are the screen. The painting of the screen immediately came to the forefront. And that's what I love about your uh, poetry is that you, all the writings I've read from you is like, it's literally a mental picture. I have very few questions. I'm usually questioning what's going on in the poem versus what's going on with the craft of the poem. Like, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So you said you was trying to write a love poem. Do you find difficulty in writing outside of what you're experiencing in the moment? No, I find it difficult because I'm dark. Mm. So love is like, mm -hmm. I'm like, we're going to stab ourselves together like, you know, like, <laughs> so it's just like I'm a right. very dark writer okay. and so if you don't know my writing or my style like I'm very vivid with colors I like to try to make sounds and I sometimes I can't help it I'm just a dark kind of writer I mm -hmm. can say but I don't know love I love love but love is not a friend of me mm -hmm. well I want to stop saying that because love loves me and we're going to mm -hmm. Love is gonna find me again, and but I love love. Hey man, and, keep it positive. Yeah, but I love love. Keep hope alive, my baby. Listen, dark, so it could be right hard to you know might not be for everybody. Like, dang, right? Was that love or you know she just a little what aggressive. that was? Like, what what that was? So yeah, that was that was my attempt. Okay, well thank you for sharing that piece. Most definitely, the one love poem that was successful for me. I retired it at my cousin's wedding, so. <laughs> I said one day I'll have the unction to get another one out of my soul, but you know how that goes. All right, so who is your favorite poet? Uh, Langston Hughes. Okay. Langston Hughes is an alternate poet to me. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's elevated in his work. If you just look back at it, he was always like elevating, writing things. His style was just so amazing and mm -hmm. I love him so much and I also uh, can't say his name without um, she had the the poem about the period Lucille Clifton love Lucille baby Clifton. listen Lucille I love Clifton. me some Lucille Clif is, Clifton she is my goal of how I want to be as a writer she's just so dynamic her short poems are just like everything they're so vivid they say so much and sometimes they don't say anything at all. And they're just short and sweet, and they're just like, okay. You did My that. favorite book by her is Blessing the Boats. But that poem you were saying, um, I don't know, but I loved her. I heard that poem, I was like, I must look her up. I must digest everything that she's written in the world. I think she's amazing. <laughs> and I've lived, I have every single book that she's ever written. I have every piece of artwork out there. I love her. So between Lucille Clifton and... Lucille Clifton and Lacey Hughes are one and the same for me. So those I could totally are see. my favorite poets. Wishes for Sons is what that poem is called. I love that poem. This is the poem that gave me permission to write about my body. You know, yeah. you know I'm a woman of the fluff. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And I wanted to address that somehow, someway in my pieces. And I read this poem doing a residency at Antioch mm -hmm. and it's called wishes for sons. I pulled it up y'all. Cause I love sharing this poem with people. 
um, wishes for sons. It says, I wish them cramps. I wish them a strange town and the last tampon. I wish them no 7-Eleven. I wish them one week early and wearing a white skirt. I wish them one week late. Later, I wish them hot flashes and clots like you wouldn't believe. Let the flashes come when they meet someone special. Let the clots come when they want to. Let them think they have accepted arrogance in the universe. Then bring them to gynecologists, not unlike themselves. Baby, listen. Beautiful, this, short, sweet, and just listen. And it's not you needed it to be. It's not to bash the brothers. I love y'all. No, she just wanted you to understand. Right, but it, and it's hard to get men to understand. I think they're kind of sort of trying to understand our plight. They can never understand a teeny bit until you can't walk upright because mm -hmm. your entire body is stabbing you in your uterus. Listen, and it is sending shockwaves down to your I ankles. I think they can more empathize with us today a little bit. Ankles, uh, my G, it no. to my ankles. Like, no. nah, you don't know. You listen. don't know. I'm walking down the street wishing that I don't turn red in the middle of nowhere. Listen, like, no, you will never understand. Or that one sciatic pain hits you from your nether region to the tip of your toe. And, and all you can do is gasp and keep walking. That's so all you could do. Twice in a month, sometimes. Listen. God was like, I hate you. Just remember that. My Lord. You look like my son, Adam. <laughs> Who look like <laughs> us. And you came out Well, of you know, that, that, that's a whole... I, that's my God. You for smacking him, for smacking everybody. So. Wait, we got to pull back because that's not God hating us. But that's just <laughs> the, the ramifications of Eve cutting up. And sounds like hate to me. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to cut it out. <laughs> oh Lord, but that's a whole that's literally a whole nother podcast. Office. You attach us to to everyone? Right. But she see that's the beauty office. that's the beauty of this poem because it automatically generates conversation yes. in myriads of ways that and it is just astounding. And yeah, this poem cool. is called Wishes for Sons from Next New Poems, 1987 by Lucille Clifton. Y'all run out and get that. Um, she said that in 1987. Baby, Look listen. Look how dope she is. Like, listen. still relevant to this day. So short, so sweet. Still just. To this day. Oh, I actually wrote a poem like when I was in crisis um, about menstruating. Um, called the river of life mm -hmm. or menstruating while homeless so oh yeah yeah so Hard that time. that's in my upcoming let's go book so uh but more to come on that y'all more to come teaser teaser all right so my last question for you um first of all thank you so much by stop for stopping by I like it here. Ink and pad. And I see Mr. Ezra was lulled to sleep by the poetry. Yes. <laughs> Before I have you do your last uh, your last piece, tell me what has poetry taught you? Poetry has taught me patience, mm. how to be okay with myself, mm -hmm. how to like laugh. And read between the lines how to make the most of my words. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, I only like short poems. So, it taught me how to say a lot without saying a lot. I remember.
remember taking a class with um, one of the great poets that I know today, Mr. Donnie Jackson, and um, it was doing Ink Slam, um, like that whole poetry festival that was sponsored by the Poetry Lounge at the Fairfax Theater in uh, West LA. Now, I remember taking a workshop with him and he said, Whenever, whatever poem you write, ensure that you use an economy of words, you know? Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me, you know, and that helped form my teachings. And, and you know, when I teach poetry, you know that certain words just shouldn't be there. You know what I'm saying? And I love that in your poetry, albeit short, you be gut punching people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you be hitting them with the one-two punch, and and you know it's like there are no stones unturned. You know, um, and you say what you got to say and say it with your heart, and that's what I love yeah, with your there pieces. You know, I love I love poetry. It's also taught me correction. Mm, okay. So um, you need feedback. Yeah. So sometimes it teaches you how to edit yourself, how mm-hmm. to correct yourself, also how to take correction and um, criticism from others, and not how to be too sensitive. Okay. As well. Hey, there artists it is. are some sensitive. Listen. Oh. Erica Badu said it best. Crunchy. I'm an artist, and I'm Stepping sensitive about my. Y'all know what she said. Yeah. So, can you bless us on the way out the door? of ink and pad with your last piece please i can't it's like i said since it's february here is another attempt at a love poem <laughs> <laughs> another attempt and it's called love sick mm. i felt the longing in your eyes a deepness darker than hell hero stripped of righteousness a zombie wandering to taint is that rainbow fuzzy I don't promise to be better. This home could never picture us, yet the windows look for your light. You are my greatest love adventure. I marked your location, quicksand. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabrielle Parker. (laughs) (sighs) It's all gone, it's all gone. (laughs) Do you have any product for us? No product right now, but we are working on product. I always, I'm always creating with God. He's always giving me things to do and put out. So nothing right now, but you never know. Okay. You never know. All right. I'm going to need to see Simon something soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for stopping by Ink and Pad. And um, we'll be talking to you soon, Miss Ma'am. See ya. All right. I pray that something was said in this interview blessed you in some way, shape, or form. Thank you so much, Gabby, for coming by Ink and Pad and just sharing who you are as a poet with our listeners. I wanted to share this poem. It's untitled because it kind of lends to the topic that emerged by happenstance, you know, finding who you are and your confidence as a writer, as a poet. And it goes... Procrastination is the audacity to think you have another chance to do what God has given us. It is the nerve to believe not his will but our timing be done. That the race is not given to the well-prepared but to the last-minute warrior because we are skilled enough to feign his will by masking our slothfulness. Talents like spiritual gifts are without condemnation. 
as natural as breathing. We take advantage of time we don't have, but are arrested by voices hitched to the pain of yesterday. Succumbing to manipulative incantations felt by warlocks and witches who bought you Starbucks and wished you well or our hands wrapped in a web of hieroglyphic lies we forget to denounce before creating because it is easier to wallow in self-pity than to sit still and know that God will download your next. There will be no work, no planning and no knowledge once you go to the grave. Until then, toil until the purpose of your being is no longer an unreachable itch. That's that peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you so much. Before I go, how about a poetry fun fact? So remember last episode when I said that five books of the Bible are books of poetry. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, they're calling it now. Well, fun fact, the book of Job is considered an allegory. I know, right? Shut your mouth wide open, child. I did not know that. I learned that in church, actually. And I looked it up, and sure enough, honey, it is considered to be a book of allegory. And what is allegory? Allegory used as a noun, a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically amoral or political. Do your research. Study to show yourself approved. But yeah, there's debate on that on both sides. I've read them all. Well, not all of them, but I've read a lot of it. Uh, It is interesting. It is interesting to say the least. I'm not here to prove or disprove the fact. It's just a fun fact. Okay? So, of course, my poetry book suggestion for this episode is Lucille Clifton's Blessing the Boats. New and Selected Poems, 1988 through 2000, published by BOA Editions 2000, which won the National Book Award. That is the book suggestion for this episode. All right, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out in episode two of Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Until next time, God bless. Toodles. You are listening to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Right on, y'all.